In this week's episode in the Investors Corner, me, Mike and Ian are going to give our predictions for 2024. We're at the end of the year now and what we need to talk about is what we think is going to happen next year. What's going to happen with house prices? What's going to happen with mortgage rates? The rentals market? And what investment strategies are the best for 2024? So make sure you listen to this one. Make sure that you subscribe to the Investors Corner. And Merry Christmas, everyone. Welcome to the Investors Corner. And this week, just before Christmas, we're going to talk about property investing in 2024. In particular, we have now got Rightmove, Nationwide, Halifax and Zoopla that have all come out with their property price forecasting for 2024 which they always get 100% right. <laughs> and if you're listening, I've got a cheeky smile on my face because maybe that's not true. But it is interesting to see what they say. Uh, and is there a theme between them as well? So we're going to cover those. Talking interest rates, Mike on socials, this week you came out and said, drum roll, he looks a bit nervous now because he's like, <laughs> said a few things. did I say this? <laughs> you said that you expect in January, there's a good chance we'll start to see the start of mortgage rates being at 3.99. I agree with you on that. Optimism. Optimism. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's interesting to see how much they've dropped just in the last six weeks. Even though we spoke to a broker, I won't say which one, but we spoke to a broker about two months ago who said to us, I believe on this podcast or on a social media clip for Avocado, that's the end of the drops. Like the swap rates kind of show us now that we're we're going to hug around kind of 3.6 probably until the summer of next year. They kept on dropping. So down to 4.29. So it just shows at the moment, not everyone really knows what's going on. We put ourselves in that bracket, but we've done a little bit of prep work to try and guide and advise people on what you may want to do in 2024. And me being uh, a landlord myself, my plans, personal plans for 2024 is to sell and buy a property investment, to sell one and to buy a different one. So that's me. And the reasons behind that is I want to move away from a leasehold and I want to look at a freehold. So that's kind of my goals going into next year. I think there's an unbelievable chance for property investors to secure one of the best deals that they can at the moment. I will I will never buy as a as a property investor in January or February. I just don't think it's the right months to do it as a property investor, um, unless you're very shrewd and you're going away from estate agents and you know a contact or you know something, or there's some sort of horrible case fall through and you're tying up the bottom of the chain, which does happen, mm. but it's hard to find. Um, so for me, I'm going to be looking just before the summer months, after the kind of New Year rush, bum rush of listings happen, uh, and after we start to see the realism in a lot of those prices normally kick in after the Easter holidays is kind of my my thought process. Um, bum rush of listings, Andy. Yeah. Thoughts on a bum rush of listings? Yeah. What's that? Well, that is because <laughs> a lot of people bum rush to get there. Expand yeah. on, a bum on rush. Bum rush. <laughs> you get a lot of sellers for two very different reasons. Will normally look to sell in January, February, and um, being in sales for the last twenty years, what you always see is valuations increase. Normally around this area, forty percent of them are divorces or splits. Uh, so people are deciding that they're going to either break a chain, go their separate ways. Worst case scenario, they want to include both new purchasers in the chain and split the chain. Horrible to be part of. I would advise against it if you want to um, keep your hair. 
because <laughs> it can be quite stressful. We're all, you know, looking at that as middle-aged men thinking, let's let's keep our hair there. Um, and you also get the first-time buyers come to the market as well. You get people that have decided to make the move, New Year's resolutions, just people sell in the new year. And you'll normally find for most estate agents, January is their highest month of new listings. Yep. So mm. you just get this kind of like bum rush attack of everyone going on right move, fighting with the neighbors around pricing, photos. Every seller's got the best street in the house, the best plot on the road. Um, all of these nonsense kind of factors that really uh, are just opinion led. And the problem that you find with estate agents is because they've got low stock months typically of listings in December and halfway through November, mm. normally the two lightest months Pricing of goes high. Pricing yeah, goes I was, up. I was going to say. Four-month contracts kick in, you know, and it just becomes a little bit of a bum fight as well for a Yeah, agents. I wonder what the and price that, for and that, ladies and gentlemen, is a January <laughs> bum rush. Yeah. There you go. That is it. There um, you go. Over to you, Andrew. So, yeah, I was just going to say, I wonder what the price reduction statistics are for around january february time because like you said most agents would just want to get the stock on yeah people want to hear the best possible price going into the yeah. into the new year so yeah i bet you there's a well march percentage. and april typically speaking will be the highest recorded months of price reductions or at least in mm. the you know in the top four months of the year typically because you do get inflated listing valuations from estate agents trying to win business uh, it's a very selfish act it does it messes with people's moves to be honest with mm. you because then they're, they're banking on achieving a certain amount of equity for their next purchase which is just never going to happen uh, i think kyle actually on linkedin posted uh wednesday this week tuesday this week sorry that he's experiencing now even that happening where estate agents are panicking in december and he's highlighted a couple of different listings that he's gone out to, estate agents have overvalued. He's done the prep work and research after, looked at the online kind of land registry pricing to see whether that pricing or within a 5% of it, I think he said, has ever been achieved in the road. And out of the last three that that's happened, there's a grand total of zero times that that's happened. So, and, you know, we've seen a higher market than what we're seeing now as well. So do your research as a seller. But back on mm. investing, it's it's going to be interesting to see, obviously, what happens in 2024. We're Pete on talking about HMOs, yeah. and a lot of his confidence comes from the opportunity to invest at the moment. I saw a tweet or a Facebook post from uh, Robert Kiyosaki, I want to say. Kiyosaki. Kiyosaki, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And he basically said, real estate, bar none, is the safest, most sensible way to build net wealth as an individual you know, yeah as it stands today he was kind of almost backhandedly talking about some of these other flippant ways to invest that we spoke about a lot in the last kind of 18 months and i saw that and i just thought you know with pete talking about what he's saying with his investors you see people like that that are multi multi-millionaires through property investments and i just think the opportunity is at the moment for investors to put at least a strategy together for next yeah. year which is kind of what I've tried to do in my own personal circumstances. But I do think for our landlords, for our listeners of this show as well, if you're active at the moment or you want to be active at the moment, putting a strategy together, 
talking to people like us that will just give you an honest opinion. You know, we don't we don't need to sell to them, but just give you an honest opinion of what's going on with the market. You know, this year on the podcast, we've spoke about free locations. Yeah. You know, haven't we recently that we spoke about different styles of property investing? But yeah, I think with any luck, the base rate potentially is finished with its mad hikes. You know, mm. with inflation seems to be a little bit better off. I think we've got some key moments next year as well. You were talking off camera about obviously the election playing a key part, yeah. in it? So, yeah. you know, that'd be interesting. Yeah. I think with the election, obviously, you know, it's fighting for votes at the moment, really. So you've got, you know, they, they want to satisfy huge landlords. They want to satisfy tenants needs. So they're trying to meet in the middle. Obviously we've seen stuff on the renters reform bill where things have got scrapped to benefit landlords, which, tenants haven't liked but some things have kept into place so it'll be be interesting i mean general election we're probably looking at what late 2024 so we've got a long period of time in between where things can things can change again i mean look, you obviously scrapped the epc um side of things as well to help to help landlords but still even that annoyed some landlords because they started the process of doing the, the epc yeah. upgrades but that will probably come back to the table at at some point, just due to the amount of pressure from, um, you know, climate change, you know, all of that sort of stuff. So again, 2024 might pop up with a surprise that that's back on the back on the table. So really, that is going to push things on how things pan out to win votes. And if a general election is made, and, you know, there's a new parliament that comes in, you know, Labour of of come out and said that, you know, the section scrapping the section 21 is top of their priority so if they come in might see something happen with that um so yeah it's just sort of all all up in the air but that will i think that will have a massive change to how things sort yeah. of pan out for for next year really we put a clip from pete and myself actually talking about the opportunity to invest next year as a property investor on social um, depending on which platform it was posted, depending <laughs> on the comments that we got, in particular on TikTok, it got slaughtered um, by people that have got no idea about property by the looks of their profile, but they <laughs> still have an opinion, which is totally fair. However, one thing in terms of opportunity, I think it's also important to bring some context to it. And Zoopla have highlight highlighted last week that we are now a five-year high for stock levels for sale. And I think in any marketplace, whether you're selling baked beans, property, recruitment services, if it's a competitive market and there's a there's an influx of stock, there's a lot of supply, uh, supply the buyer wins, right? I think we're kind of all mm. in agreement. If there's high stock levels and it gets a bit competitive between sellers, the buyer wins because normally they get the best deal, the best price. If there's a real shortage of anything, as we found out in lockdown with toilet rolls, <laughs> the sellers win, or in the prime energy drink yes. case, the YouTubers won because yeah. they were selling them for £30 a bottle and now they're about £1.30. Um, with property, the facts are we're at a five year for sale stock high. And if you're a seller, you might look at that and think, oh, that doesn't sound great. It's not the end of the world as a seller, you just got price right and you'll mm. sell. But as a property investor, it gives you an opportunity maybe to, to capitalise on some good deals at good prices that maybe you couldn't have done 24 months ago, 36 months ago. I don't know if mm. you agree, Mike. Well, I think 
for context, it's a, it's a five year high, but we've gone through probably a period in history with the lowest yeah. supply. Yeah. So it's higher than it was, but it's still not particularly high. Mm-hmm. I've in my career worked in estate agency offices where there's 150 available properties in one town just with that office, not the mm. town, just that office, and you're literally drowning in available houses and flats. Yeah. There's none in the, there's no estate agency office in the southeast. If you run an estate agency office in the southeast with 150 available properties, please call me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Increase your fees. <laughs> <laughs> um, but none of them have that. I mean, we pro- both of us have probably done that in the past, had an office where there was yeah. 150 available units in it. It's not, that's a thing of the past. Yeah. So there's still a lot of context to be taken around that five year high figure, mm-hmm. in my opinion. But better than it obviously has yes. been for the investor. And totally agree. I mean, yeah, the supply it was so constrained, there was a problem. So mm. that slight release actually just gives the market some space to breathe and move because it was so easy to sell a house, but your seller couldn't find anything. What was crazy about that time was, I think it was around 2005, six, where I saw more listings in our, in our agency drawers at the time, three full drawers of stock. But that was when prices were climbing at a rate that, you know, we've not experienced too much other than obviously outside of just lockdown mm. just happened. But that was because buyer levels were also unbelievably high. I mean, on, gone, on, gone, on, yeah. gone, just constantly. Selling 15 houses a week out of an office. Yeah, yeah it was it was crazy time. So what are the experts saying? And I put that in inverted commas. What are the portals and the two big reporting kind of banks saying? Thanks. Well, I've got Rightmove, I've got Nationwide, I've got Halifax, I've got Zoopla. Rightmove forecast, uh, their blog, chap called Tim writes that, and he's highlighted that his forecasting for 2024, he expects to see prices drop 1%. And the phrase that's used on that is all sorts of blah, blah, blah that they've taken into context, including conversations with estate agents. So very scientific. Uh, And then we've got Nationwide. Nationwide, they weren't going out with actual statistics and numbers, but they've said low single digit price drop for 2024. So call that kind of sub 4%, 4, 3, 2, 1, something like that in price drop. Halifax have gone between 2 and 4% on a price drop. And Zoopla has said they expect to see a 2% price drop. So ranging from right move, to Zoopla, one to four percent in price drops. No one's come out just yet and said they expect prices to go up or level. My own view is that this year a lot of these people were expecting to see most of them flirting around 10%. Some were going as high as 15%, some were kind of staying more around the 8%. But if you go back and look at the kind of videos that we put out. 11 months ago, 12 months ago, or the blogs and the reports that these guys were putting out, it was ranging between 10 and 15% drop. Mm-hmm. It's actually going to be under 2% as a price drop kind of land registry, something around 2%. Yeah. ONS um, year on year, November to November, have said 1.4% in the Southeast yeah, based on transactions. So, like you said, those who shout in echo chambers dave on my social media last night if anyone's (laughs) on my personal social media telling me that the market had tanked between 10 and 20 percent asked him for his source and he said just go looking 
Um, <laughs> so I looked and 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 gave him the ONS stats at, at one point four percent. Now that one point four percent is around a, a, a backdrop of we came into twenty twenty three with interest rates or mortgage rates were averaging six and a half percent. Yeah, give or take. Mm. We're leaving twenty twenty three with average mortgage rates probably around five but you can get 4.29 and they're dropping. So we're hoping to see 3.99. So for me, worst case scenario is it drops as much as it's dropped this year, which is 1.4%. That's my worst case scenario because Mm. we're in a much, much better climate than we were. The only thing that can knock that out of of kilter is calling an early general election because we know market goes into a bit of a freeze. People put a pause on things during general elections. Yeah, there's a few different things that potentially could happen one way or the other, isn't there, really? You know, there's some major global things going on at the moment that positive news on any of those or negative can swing it one direction mm. or another. But when we, I think we did a podcast probably three or four months ago and we actually highlighted all of the craziness that's happened in the last 18 months, you know, including wars and yeah. everything going on. And still the property market does that. This year, yep. you know, six percent phobias of hitting seven or eight percent. People were talking about at the start of the year. Mm. Still, it drops one point four percent. Arguably, not enough for the in- increase of prices that happened with the sort of post lockdown. You know, we saw twenty twenty five percent increase in average prices across two years. It probably should have come down a solid five percent, really, this year, shouldn't it? And maybe price reflection. If you look at pricing, you may have seen five percent, but actual achievement of kind of land registry stuff i reckon it will finish off about two percent something yeah and that's the and that's the thing about property going back to what you said at the beginning of this podcast was that property is still a safe investment one of the best investments you can make that has had everything thrown at it and it's still held there or thereabouts and we did a podcast saying you know someone could do something with coca-cola like Cristiano Ronaldo thing where it took it away and it's plummeted 30% or whatever it was and look at the property and it's it's just totally different if you had an investment and you're you, you invested your money elsewhere the risk levels is completely different to, yeah to, there's, to the property, there's wider just... economic factors though just look at net migration and look at the, the amount of houses that have been built mm. so demand for housing has gone up net migration is higher than it's ever been well done, Brexit. Um, <laughs> awesome. Yeah, real success. Um, net migration is higher than it's ever been, and builders have slowed down building. So house prices are going to be protected. There's, I think, mm. some news article that I read midweek this week that showed statistically this year planning approvals are like an all-time low percentage at the moment which is hindering yeah. obviously the stock being built. The, de- the developers and the builders are struggling because of obviously where inflation and material costs have gone up, recalculating their budget. There'll be no violins playing from the public for the developers, I'm sure. No. But it does have a backhanded kind yeah. of impact on everyone as we've, as we've seen. So Yeah, it has the knock-on effect, doesn't it? You know, the, the government came out and said that they want to build, what was it, 300,000 new homes over, over a year. There's a massive backlog on the planning application. So it's yeah. like, yeah. no, you want to do that, but how are we going to solve 
everything else from the bottom to make sure that that happens because like you said it does have an effect on on housing and people getting into housing and people making the next step on in in their in their life to to get on the property ladder mm -hmm. um but yeah it's just it's just not working is it no there's another stat that's um come out of stat fact 15% drop in transactions versus pre-COVID averages. So kind of the five years pre-COVID as an average this year, 15% less transactions completing. We forecast that, we expected that, we knew that it was going to happen with the stamp duty holiday kind of pushing people to move earlier than yeah. their initial plans. Anyone who's surprised by that. It's, yeah. yeah, maybe 12%, maybe 10% next year. 8% the following year, they're just going to see like yeah. a 36 month fallout of that. Yeah. We kind of all expected it. We thought it'd be more like maybe 20% as high as that shows that the way that interest rates kind of ease towards the summer months that maybe it's picked back up. Um, for us as an agency, the actual sold pipeline is the best part of over 20% up on yep. year on year. So we've got more stock sold than we had a year ago, which gives people confidence, I think, to buy as well, because properties are clearly selling as a result of those numbers. But 15% drop in transactions. I mean, if you had 100 grand sat in your bank account, Andy, you may well do, I don't know. But what would you be investing in next year in 2024? What would be your your ideal investment? Would you would you be doing the standard? Would you be looking at JV in? Would you be looking at something outside of the norm? What would kind of be your ideal investment? I mean, I would either look at standard buy to let investing you know two bed flat two bed terraced house they're the most in demand at, at the moment and we've seen out on the market that there's a couple of bargains to to be had still out there with with those two with those two beds um so i'd either invest it all in that or look to go hmo in, investing and let's go jv on on that with with someone else i just think that you know we've said it before that the hmo thing and, and the investment route into HMOs, the returns that you get, um, the, probably the appreciation on house prices that you could get as well, it's just a bit of a no-brainer if you can do it. Mm -hmm. Obviously, it takes a lot of management and a lot of skill to do it because it's not your standard yeah. standard investment. But if you could team up with, with people that are in that market, then you can make a success out of it. So, yeah, two, two options, HMO, Investment option, probably joint venture on that, and standard, mm -hmm. standard buy to let. Yeah, two bed, two beds, two bed buy to let, standard, easy, safe, yeah. secure, no yeah. where you stand. What about you, Mike? What would you be doing? I've been watching auctions over the last six or eight weeks. A little, not not. I haven't been doing it consciously. Yeah, what? <laughs> you just sat there on a computer. Yeah, I just find myself on their websites a little bit more. You and just I'm... want to bid, don't you, Mike? That's what you uh, it's not do. an eBay thing. No, I just everyone's watching Netflix. Mike's watching auction. Yeah, 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 buzzing. Yeah, um, I do. I feel like there's more auction sales. And speaking to people in auction houses, their volume's gone up. Um, their success rate is still good, but not 100%. It's in the 80s mm -hmm. quite often with auction houses. So not everything's selling, but there's more stock in there. Um, and I've seen, well, reserve prices at, at some very interesting levels because they're national auction houses selling local properties. So 
that's where I that's where that's what's taken my interest over the last six weeks. What's a good one that you found? I saw a three bedroom maze net in Bracknell with a reserve of seventy five grand. Ooh. It was above a Chinese restaurant, but it was a three bed maze net in Bracknell with a reserve price of seventy five grand. Wow. And it just made me think, well, your average buy to your average buy to let Joe isn't on the auction sites. So mm. there may be if you're willing to take a punt, if you're willing to make the drive. And I spoke to the guy doing the viewing. He was from Viewer. He wasn't from the age. He was just a nice old chap to let people in. And I said, first question, you busy? He went, no. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's it. Exactly. Yeah. Which gave me a bit of encouragement, to be completely honest. Mm. I like swimming against the tide. The Mm. other thing that's interesting me, and if there's anyone watching, listening, who's into watches, why have... Rolex prices tanked this year. Just on a totally mm. different side. I'm a they I'm went a sports watch guy. Not yeah, a, but I, I'm not. I'm not home. talking about from a from a wearing point of view mm. because I also see how many Rolexes get stolen on a daily basis yeah. across London. Mm. But why? Why did Rolex prices go through the roof and then tank? And where is the bottom of the market? Mm. So mm. comment. It's an interesting one to know, actually. I might go away and do something. <laughs> like that, triggered. Yeah, triggered. It's <laughs> still hard to buy a proper Rolex. Brand new. Yeah. Still waiting yeah, I mean, the, wait, yeah. the waiting list, you could be waiting your whole lifetime. You're still, you're to, still paying to, above to RRP one. for a 2023 Rolex, but you were paying, like, double. Yeah, I think there's I think there's a lot of other major players out there now, though, compared to Rolex, and they're coming up with different styles of watches that appeal to more people more traditional type of of watches so people might be pushing into the other brands not so much rolex because it is so hard to get one mm, it's just a, ridiculous give us a comment tell me why prices have tanked and where's the bottom of the market yeah It'd be interesting know. to know you know it really would if there's an expert out there in the watch game reach out you know let's get you on because it is something that a lot of people talk about and it's something that interests us we chat about it i'm not a watch guy never have been I can't believe Rolex doesn't have a heart rate <laughs> monitor for when I'm running. Doesn't even have a battery in it. <laughs> That's the next thing that Rolex might be doing. Though. Yeah, they yeah. need to team up with Garmin. Then I'm <laughs> um, funny one. Saw this uh, in some industry press. Are estate agents getting better? Was the question mark? And then the kind of below the clickbait was that a survey had been done to show that sellers would recommend their estate agent, which is not something that we're used to seeing. And in fact, eight out of 10 people that use an estate agent don't go back and use them again is the industry stat and has been for the last 10 decades. But this will make you laugh a little bit. This particular um, prop tech type business was highlighting the fact they'd done a survey and with sellers, 49% of them would recommend their estate agent to someone else. And they were celebrating that as a win because it is a markup improvement and mm. where it has been previously, but still as an industry, we're celebrating below 50% of people liking us as a rule of thumb, as a celebration. <laughs> um, so yeah, just be aware of that going into next year when, when, you know, dealing with agents this way or that way, we've got a lot of investors that 
Uh, Mike, you were talking about it yesterday. A lot of investors that buy for other agents but come back to us for third-party information and kind of on an honest assessment. So if you are actively buying in the home counties or anywhere that we've got avocado agents and you want either a report that we can give you, a 12-page report on that particular property, then just let us know yeah. and we're happy to help. And I think it's a nice way to kind of um, sum up this particular podcast. 2024, there are opportunities out there. Do your research, speak to us if you want to, because we would love to help. And uh, we'll be back between Christmas and New Year with another episode. There are no days off for the Investors Corner. <laughs> we are always there. Thank you for everyone that's listened. And Merry Christmas.